0: On episode 59, Laura and I chat with Kala Mendoza from the Nonviolence Peace Force and Across Front Lines. We, of course, talk about nonviolence, how we address racism with our own communities, and a whole lot of science fiction. I think Kala has provided me with one of my favorite podcast moments ever. If you don't know Kala, you are in for a treat. Thanks for being here, grab a beverage, pull up a chair, and enjoy listening to our conversation with Kala Mendoza. My name is Bruce Reyes Chow, and this is BRC and Friends. Each episode, my co hosts and I chat with activists, artists, academics, and adventurers to discuss politics, faith, pop culture, technology, and as you will discover, pretty much everything that pops into our heads. This is basically an excuse for us to hang out with friends and colleagues and riff about things that matter. Welcome to BRC and Friends. And we are jumping right in, and welcome to BRC and Friends. I'm really excited. Call and Laura are with me today. We're going to start off as we always do, introduce ourselves a little bit, and then uh, go into just talking about the world and all the kinds of things that are happening these days. So, uh, again, if you're this first time with you, my name is Bruce Reyes Chow. Um, I am the um, host of this show. I am the people. When folks contact us, uh, that, you know, I tell people, get back to my people. That's me. Uh, that department gets fired every couple of weeks for their incompetence and uh, in scheduling and editing, but otherwise we're pretty good. I'm in San Jose, California. Uh, make my way, kind of writing, speaking, pastoring, gigging, all that kind of stuff. So um, that's that's what I do. And I'll invite Laura if you would to introduce yourself. And oh, no, I you use he/him pronouns.
1: Uh, My name is Laura Mariko Heifetz. I use she, her, hers pronouns. I currently live in Nashville, Tennessee, although I will never be a true Southerner. So thanks Southerners for letting me live here. Uh, I hang out in the world of theological education. So that is where I am.
0: Great. Uh, Awesome. And Cal, if you would go ahead and uh, introduce yourself.
2: Sure. Thank you so much for having me. My name is Calian Mendoza. My pronouns are he or they, them. I'm the Director of Mutual Protection for Nonviolent Peace Force. Uh, NP is an international humanitarian protection organization uh, based in uh, uh, Iraq, South Sudan, Sudan, the Philippines, Myanmar, Indonesia, Ukraine, and I uh, lead a lot of the work here in the U.S. I'm um, an organizer, activist, uh, and a queer Filipino immigrant, and really happy to be here.
0: Great. I'm, I am so excited. I was sharing before, and I'm I don't know if you can necessarily fanboy over everybody. I mean, that why not? If you don't have a podcast and just invite people that you admire on, why is anybody? Are any of us doing this? And so, I've I've watched you from afar. I have uh, just so much respect for what you do in the world, Uh, and yeah, I just. Everybody go follow, support, do all those kind of things, but we'll get to that later too. But um, as you know, and and so BRC and friends, what we do is we talk a little bit about what folks are doing. Sometimes we have authors, we have activists, we have uh, athletes, all kinds of folks. And so, but we're not just those things. And so we talk about a lot of other stuff that's bringing us joy in the world or help moving us or inspiring us. So we start off with a little bit. So... um, uh, we'll, we'll get to what you're reading and watching later on, because that's what pop culture. But th- these days, uh, anything bringing you joy as of late, and I will go ahead and start. So I'm a, some of you know, I'm a big baseball fan. Uh, my Oakland A's, I've been going to them for decades. We've had season tickets. My grandfather went, it's like this serious thing. They are moving. And uh, well, there is, we went to our last home game. They may be in Oakland next year, but we've given up on them. We've canceled our season tickets. We've and I posted all these pictures from my children being born, and their first picture at home has an A's hat on them. I mean, and we're in San Francisco. So we've raised our kids to love the A's and hate the Giants. and now my A's are leaving. But out of that grief, I got to look through all these years of pictures and all of the memories. I'm gonna get all weepy of the of being at A's games with my kids and watching them all grow up and the friends they had with them and all of that. And the I posted something on Instagram. The first picture I posted at, in the in the gallery was the helmet nachos. And I will forever th- – those bring me so much joy. Not good for my health, but I, – and I would eat one of those almost every game. Anyway, that was – recently that has brought me some joy and remembering kind of the tradition and the memories of – my baseball times, but uh, and what about you all? Anything brought you joy in the last, you know, recently? Go for it. I love this, won't be on video, but we're all like gesturing hands. Here
2: you go. Here you go. Here you go, here you go. This really is start, an Asian American podcast, exactly. Yeah. I'm gonna start
0: showing props now, too. People yeah. That's <laughs> you guys are terrible, but yes, good radio, Laura. Go for it, please
1: okay um to fill the god-shaped hole in my heart we have been going to so many concerts so on friday we went to the pink concert and brandy carlisle was one of the performers and i've loved pink and brandy carlisle for a really long time so that was wonderful and then tonight we're gonna go see esperanza spaulding play in the building where the nashville symphony is and she is so cool so i'm so excited I'm
0: pretty sure you're cooler than
1: I am. Just real gay, man. I'm just real gay.
0: <laughs> well, that too, but you know. <laughs> My kids are going to see concerts and I'm totally at that stage now where they're like, "Oh, do you know who this is?" like, of course I don't know who that is. Like, why would you even ask me if I know who that is? To be is? clear,
1: I'm at the stage where I am also wearing earplugs oh. at like big concerts, so, so- Okay.
0: Okay. <laughs> cool cool points too
1: i know (laughs) that's smart though it's so smart you don't want to get one set of ears i'm just yeah you're
0: gonna be like my dad who's always now like doing this (laughs) dad i I think you need to get your ear checked no i don't what (laughs) so good visuals on the podcast very helpful (laughs) uh call what's brought you joy lately
2: Yeah, there's a couple things. Uh, One, Ahsoka on uh, the Star Wars show. I love the new Star Wars, um, the Dave Filoni verse. I'm just a nerd. I'm a huge nerd. I'm a huge, huge nerd. So just like seeing that, it's, um, uh, it you know, just brings me joy. Um, Another thing, it's kind of strange that this brings me joy, but um, this past uh, Friday we did a training with. Uh, Korean seniors um, on community safety, self, um, mutual protection, self protection, uh, de-escalation, and uh, Mrs. Sung, who uh, uh, one of the seniors that were there, really wanted to practice her. Um, she said she was really nervous uh, in Korean and wanted to practice what she was learning. And I, there's a there's a moment that usually comes up in these trainings where I'm like, we shouldn't have to do these. Mm. You know, our um, our elders shouldn't have to be. Uh, learning how to defend themselves based on what we've learned in war zones. Um, and but afterwards, um, we I was just asking like what people's reflections were, and she said that she was nervous about the trading, but afterwards she felt safer. Mm. And that to me, that was just um, uh, that was like a some semblance of a uh, joy or like something that helped ground me that um, sometimes the work that we do, we don't know what the impact is. Um, so it was good to hear that. Um, just in that moment, um, uh, someone felt a little bit safer than they were coming in.
0: That's awesome. Uh, we will get back to nerding out about space shows later, but this seems like a good segue. T- tell us about nonviolent peace force. I mean, what? How did you get into? I've I've been fascinated by watching it. I'm hoping for trainings out in California at some point, uh, and wanting to kind of see like what what. <laughs>
1: I'm dying right now. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, we should be recording the video uh, uh, Well, I do
0: have the recording. I'll catch a screenshot of that one where we now have a community. Now all of us are going to be touching our chest. Uh <laughs> we're going to talk about the musical ver- Did you watch the musical episode from um, Yes.
2: Oh yeah.
0: Yeah, we'll talk about Shaped that you later. Role. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, yeah. back back to Nonviolent Peace for. So, how 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 did you find your way into this work? Uh, give us a little bit of history. If, if, some people are listening to this will be totally in, uh, on board with what you're doing, but have never heard of it. So, uh, give us a little bit of one-on-one, but also how you got into it.
2: Sure. So, um, I'll, I'll start out with my, just like a little bit of background. So I got started on, um, safety, primarily protest safety and community safety back in 99 before the, uh, World Trade Organization protests in Seattle. Um, I was trained up by the Ruckus Society uh, Black Cross Collective in the Bay Area. I'm up, um, from Eastside San Jose. So, um, what? Uh, represent, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I went to Silver Creek. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and I saw, you know, um, I, obviously I'm an activist, but also I saw that there was a, a need for support. Um, I didn't always need to be at the front of the march with um, a megaphone, I didn't have to be the one that was, um, uh, you know, um, that was seen. Uh, I felt like my role was to serve and to um, uh, support um, folks that were uh, doing our movement work. Um, and really, since the late '90s, I've been involved in uh, movements and actions all over the world, supporting commun- frontline communities um, from, you know, Turtle Island to Myanmar to Aotearoa, New Zealand on protecting themselves from state and non-state actor violence. Um, and the way I got into involved with Nonviolent Peace Forces in 2021, during the Derek Chauvin trial, I was brought on board um, as the director of US programs um, to build out our work in Minneapolis um, in response to and in preparation for potential um, violence, whether that's white supremacist violence from the state or um, from uh, bad actors coming in. Uh, to be able to protect uh, community members, uh, I was at Brooklyn Center when, um, after the murder of Dante Wright, when um, the um, police kettled in protesters, use um, impact munitions like flashbangs, uh, tear gas, all of those things uh, against peaceful, nonviolent protesters, mind you, um, and uh, I really have i uh, been trying to build in more of that understanding around situational awareness, around de-escalation uh, within our own community um, because concurrently, as I was in uh, Minneapolis, we continue to see the rise of anti-Asian hate, and I we know that this is not a new thing, right? right. Since the inception of um, this white settler colonial state, uh, it has been a very violent place for people of the global majority, so... I wanted to make sure that our communities, most especially those most vulnerable, had the tools that they needed in order to be able to cultivate that safety. And my kind of like my bigger um, uh, goal is for people to recognize that, you know, we cultivate safety and safety doesn't need to come down the barrel of a gun, which unfortunately here in the US, that's where people go Mm -hmm. to, whether that's down the gun of a police officer or um, someone owning it. I, I don't make any, um, you know, um, any uh, judgments on how folks want to protect themselves, but I we try to utilize and reflect um, what we've learned in literal war zones, um, practiced by communities on the ground. Uh, unfortunately, now here in the U.S. Mm, great, thank you. Yeah, I, uh,
0: the way that that you all hold yourself as a person on the on the socials and that kind of stuff, but also. There seems to be so much continuity between you, the people you work with, the organization, and what you're all doing. I mean, I think that when you all uh, follow and and watch some of this that's going on, uh, it really does, for many of us who are engaging in this work, make so much of this real. I mean, it just really feels like when you're out um, uh, protecting people and helping folks understand safety without falling back into returning violence and i mean i i'm so thank you thank you for that laura do you have a question or thought that you
1: um i guess i'm kind of wondering in your work i imagine you encounter a lot of people who are still working through this formation of like what does nonviolence look like especially among communities that are not majority white like i think majority white communities have a particular Um, embodiment of what nonviolence looks like, but just wondering what is your work like, especially with younger people who may not have as much experience or just a very different background.
2: Mm, That's a really great question. Um, I try to make it very clear that we're not the peace police and we're Mm. not trying to tell people, you know, and I think that especially for people of the global majority, we have been told that we are, you know, violent, right? If we're angry, Mm. um, when we're righteously angry. Right. Uh, I, I try to do my best to um, have folks recognize that that's a very uh, colonial white settler mindset. Mm-hmm. And it, it, in um, trying to restrict that is violence. Mm-hmm. Um, what I try to do similar to the work I do around nonviolent direct action or strategic nonviolence is like, this is what works. This is what has worked for me, and these are the tools. You can take it, you can leave it. Um, it's all about folks' consent and people feeling a sense of agency and autonomy around what they want to practice. I only try to model. This is what um, uh, these are. The, these are the tools that I've seen effective. If they don't work for you, that's that's totally fine. But unless we are starting to really reimagine a safer and more just and verdant world um, and uh, inhabiting that, then we'll never actually meet. You know, meet that. I mean, like Octavia Butler and so many. Um, uh, science fiction writers who has helped us to construct what the future looks like that it's so important um that folks start to inhabit that and also not feel like nonviolence has to look only one way right and everyone's definition of violence is very different um you know uh and or what's violent and what's acceptable like i eat meat i think that's violent but for me it's acceptable because I try to get my meat from um, the local butcher. That gets it from the local farmer. That you know, the, the meat is like raised. I'm happy, but it's really about doing a lot of the work and building uh, building up the trust with the community to understand where are they coming from, and not policing or dictating um, this is what uh, this needs to look like. But like co building that vision together.
0: Right. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, it just happens that the three of us uh, on this particular episode are all Asian. So uh, t- tell us a little bit about how this work has been happening in the Asian-American community. You know, out here in, in the Bay Area, you know, there's the awesome Asian-Americans who, if I get to judge and determine who is awesome, who are doing a lot of really good work. And then there's some we've just had this, you know, thing happen uh, in uh San Francisco's school district where, I mean, all the anti-blackness that is coming out of the Asian-American community. We just had the Lowell, uh, founder of the Lowell Parents Group talk about reparations and bas- and said out loud, uh, we don't owe the blacks anything. They owe us for all the crime that's happening. I mean, it was just like, well, they, you've just said it all out, right? These are like, and trying to like within our own communities help one another figure out how we do this. How does this work Ben, both Fruitful, you shared a little bit in, within the Asian American community, and then how has it been a struggle? I mean, what what do you say to our, our people, in, in a sense, uh, around some of this work?
2: What I tell folks that I've built a relationship with is that our proximity to whiteness will not protect us from white supremacy. Mm. Our complicity to white supremacy will not keep us safe. And we've seen this over and over again, from you know, the Chinese Exclusion Act, to the Watsonville riots, to the incarceration of Japanese Americans, right? Like, I think a lot of times we are trying to find that equilibrium and harmony, and how do we find that with our oppressors, right? Um, that's a whole other conversation, right, right. but um, what I try to tell folks is like, who, you know, um, are we centering the most vulnerable within our community? When we're talking about um, certain issues or are people only advocating for themselves so you know there's this amazing organization i'm sure y'all have heard them api women lead uh, up in oakland um, that uh, have continued to do amazing solidarity work and i think it's really important to uplift um, organizations like them uh, organizations like Zero for solidarity who you know have a keen uh, analysis um, around the fact that solidarity is power with not power over. Um, and I think for our siblings in our communities who may be more on the conservative end who may maybe on the more um, uh, uh, white adjacent end, just like being able to have that conversation with them. Like, why are they there? Why do they feel like um, that's where they need to be? Um, I, I don't like calling people out, especially if I'm in community, because if I'm community, um, I want to have that conversation. I want to understand where folks are coming from. Um, as nonviolent peace force, nonpartisanship, and just like understanding where folks are coming from uh, and empathy is so important to the work that we do uh, because people, in essence, everyone wants to be safe, right? Everyone wants to live a happy life. Uh, having a better grasp on where folks' are, um, where perspective arise um, helps us to then uh, uh, strategically message or connect with them um, to maybe bring them along on our journey as well. And everyone,
0: this is why Kyle is a better person than I am. So uh, uh, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm
1: just, trust well, me. Lauren's like, oh, yeah. Well, that's a foregone conclusion. <laughs> well, you know, I was just thinking because, you know, in Nashville, um, in Tennessee, we have been dealing with something.
0: <laughs> really? Tennessee?
1: That, don't be shocked. And that Justin Jones, one of the people who is very much steeped in the nonviolence tradition that in large part did start here, um, is Black and Filipino. And so just thinking like, we do have models of how this can look. And I'm not saying you have to be that in your family or in your body or anything, but we definitely have some contemporary ways of thinking about solidarity very concrete ways.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, as soon as that got out, all the Filipinos were like, "Yes, he is one I of know. ours."
1: <laughs> I was like, "Oh, here it comes." Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're claiming Olivia Rodrigo and you know, I don't know, it's, it's, know. it's, it's, it's <laughs> So, I'll, we'll we'll give Dustin too. So, uh well, this is awesome. This is this is amazing again. Make sure you follow and all those kinds of but let's get to Things, other things that are happening in the world these days um uh namely uh nerdiness so let's uh what what do you um it's like oh gosh yeah now we're all excited oh god
1: <laughs> here it is here it comes
0: <laughs> what well, so laura have you watched any of the like uh have you watched ahsoka or uh strange new world star trek do, are you do any of that stuff
1: um, I have been very limited in my Star Trek exposure, mostly because I am mooching off of other people's Paramount Plus logins, and I don't have Disney, so I have not been doing the Star Wars thing really at all, but the Star Trek stuff, my brother and my dad kind of keep me up on it, and then I have this one colleague here, and we're, we talk about Star Trek, <laughs> like, like, <laughs> I know, I'm sorry, I'm really behind, you don't know how much time this music thing takes up.
0: Going to go to concerts. It's so hard. <laughs> Good. So, um, uh, where should we start, Kyle? What, what like tell tell me why do you like uh Asoka? Why why is that particular show so?
2: Well, that no, well, that's a great go question. Yeah, if yeah. I may, yeah, I'd like it. to hear from y'all. Like, what? Why why science fiction? What you know? I think people people are like, oh, that's some nerd stuff. But Uh, obviously it resonates with us. I'd love to hear.
1: It's almost like there are ways to envision how we could become or who we could become. And I feel like in a lot of ways, Star Wars has such Star Trek has such a good arc of like things really did not go super well for us. And then we made a shift and decided to have a different orientation to the universe. And I feel like Star Wars has so much shadow side, actually relative because some people are into star wars so i'm trying to be inclusive you see what i'm doing here (laughs) Um, i don't think the storylines are quite as strong i'll be honest don't come at me oh come at me i don't care wow yeah so i think that's why i get really into science fiction because this helps me cultivate my own imagination about who we can be starting now
0: yeah i i mean i think that's very much you know you watch these shows and they continually push us into thinking beyond some of our own imaginations. And I think, you know, and even looking back on old Star Treks and go like, how did they do that? I'm like, well, at that point, maybe people weren't even watching it, but what they were doing was like, whoa, how, how did they, and now where does that head now? I mean, the number of times that I've just found myself getting weepy or things and my kids like, oh my God. But just watching these, there's like movement around your soul in many ways, especially some of these recent ones that have, have 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 been clear what they're saying, but not been overly uh, done. So, but I think it's the inspiration of the imagination that is uh, in 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 good. My 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 kids are who are like in their twenties. They were definitely of the more dystopian space, right? They're kind of that's like that's like
1: Hunger Games and oh yeah.
0: yeah yeah Hunger Games, the elite, the Divergent series, yeah. the ma- Maze rent. All that was a different vibe that I think spoke in some of the same ways, but, uh, had a different thing, but uh, how did you get it to, where did you start? Like, what's, what's your story?
2: Yeah. I think for a lot of, look, uh, a lot of folks like, uh, the next generation. Um, and it, you know, like it, it was just so I want to live in a world where money doesn't exist, mm. <laughs> right? Where mm. folks are doing work that makes them feel fulfilled. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think, I, I remember I, I kind of like struggled with why am I such a nerd? And I remember in 2013, Professor Angela Davis and Greasley Boggs um, had a conversation at UC Berkeley and they were talking about visionary organizing. The fact that we had to move away from protest organizing and going towards visionary organizing, like what's the world that we want to build? And that was like the piece mm-hmm. for me that finally clicked. Mm-hmm. It's like, it, this served as a um, sci-fi, served as a space for us to look at things expansively, with no, uh, there's no limit to our right. imaginations, right? Uh, and I think, um, like a lot of folks who grew up in the '80s, um, the 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 shadow of HIV/AIDS um, and the loss of in our community, uh, and like the fear of nuclear attack, all of these things like um, kind of like stuck in my head, right? You know, growing up in California, we we're always ready for the big one. Um, and i needed to ground myself in this like beautiful vision in something that even though i may not experience it directly in my lifetime being able to work towards something so just like having that and seeing that um and like these characters are like old friends you know yeah. like it's just so comforting to hear these stories and like you know our brains are just like wired for that so yeah
0: we just, we, my wife and i just started watching Picard again and so from the beginning it gets a little ridiculous in the middle but we watch it again and like <laughs> you' like oh like these people come back you're like oh i I remember what it was like i'm I think i'm I maybe be a decade older than you all I don't remember how but like I just thinking about what we were doing when we were watching next generation or deep space now I, I mean all of these ones it's like like there's the it's almost like my A's, my baseball like this these memories that come back. And I think I, I love the parts where they could where their humanity it's not like everybody is just like, Oh yeah, we're all good now. It's like, oh, we're gonna bump up our resistance to change and stuff as well. I mean, just kind of are we you know so I that part also and how do folks work through that, I think is been amazing. Um but so uh, what's the nerdiest thing that you uh, would like to share with the world around your science fiction life that you've done. Either of you, I used to. I don't think this is quite the same. So I was a big Dungeons and Dragons person too, like that. In addition to, Laura's face was I'm awesome. sorry. Just a minute. I'm ago. sorry.
1: My eyes just rolled back in the <laughs> <laughs> back of my head. No, I'm pretty sure my brother and his friends have. They still have a game. Oh yeah,
0: my my oldest yeah. child we can't do family dinner on Sundays because they have a online D and D thing. It's been every... going
1: for. Yeah. <laughs> but I
0: used to cut middle school to play. Oh, okay. D&D.
1: I never let things get in the way <laughs> of school.
0: Well, I, I was, I was, I was part of the resistance to the modern minority thing early on. Uh, I, that was, for you. that was a claimed space for me. <laughs> Thanks, Laura, for upholding that. Great.
1: I'm sorry, I'm Japanese and Jewish. You don't know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, nerdiest things. Nerdiest things. What what are you willing to share with the world?
2: Uh, I'm waiting. uh, (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Okay, I owned it, but
1: I didn't learn it like that. (laughs) Oh my god!
2: I, I love constructed languages. Like not I'm not gonna to recover
1: me. from this. Oh. Your little like linguist heart. Oh my
2: it's god. I mean like it was a way I got to go around like um, uh, uh, cursing when I was younger. You know, I mean, You know,
1: it's just it's mm, the best yeah. language for cursing, to be honest.
0: It really is. This it might really be the best is. thing I've heard in so long. <laughs>
2: Thank you. Yeah. What a gift. I
0: I, I have one child that may do the, learn, but I'm like, I, I'm almost ready to be done. Uh, that was like, get was Laura, perfect. go ahead. Laura, what, uh, anything nerdy? Uh,
1: I, in high school, I bought, this can't top it. I'm just saying it's in the <laughs> same genre. Well, so in high school, I bought the pattern for the costume. That would this the next generation uniform, and I sewed it very poorly, might I add. Not a seamstress because my perfectionism doesn't extend to that. Like I just want to be done eventually, <laughs> right, right? And so I did make myself a costume in high school and then wear it. And I had the communicator, I had the phaser, I had the were tricorder. Those,
0: were those the full body onesie uniforms?
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. I please. <laughs> Was it from earlier or?
1: It was um it was next generation because I was in high school in the nineties and it was like the early nineties one. So not season two or three. It was like season okay. four. Yeah. Oh nice. We're about
0: that's mm-hmm. I, I'm Those feeling like it's gonna go into a deep dive now if we're starting <laughs> to talk about uniforms by years.
1: Sorry.
0: We just lost a bunch of people <laughs> like okay.
2: <laughs> or found a whole new audience. Right? That's true. Yeah. I just did I just
0: recorded with a friend, and we must have talked about ten minutes about chickens and um so i'm gonna am <laughs> gonna start a podcast called What the Cluck with Bruce Reyes show. so uh, yeah, so you never know what we're gonna learn. All right, other things uh, we can say science fiction but other things you're reading, watching, listening to that have moved you that you would love to get out in the world amplify out there anything reading, watching, listening to.
1: Um, I love reservation dogs.
0: Oh. Um,
1: and I watch it on Hulu and I, j- I just that show is just so nicely done.
0: Oh. It really yeah. is.
1: Yeah.
0: It really is. Yes, that's a great one. Yeah. If you have, if y'all haven't watched it, I'll I'll pull a link into it. Uh if you haven't watched it, I'll put Laura's friend's uh passwords and login information.
1: <laughs> no, that <laughs> one I do. Okay.
0: Oh. <laughs> all right other things you're reading watching uh listening to anyone well
2: so um laura uh not no spoiler but like the ancestors scene in resident oh my gosh (laughs) it's still i like i saw yeah and i you know oh yeah but
1: and then um did you see the one with all the uncles The uncle's taking care... That's this season. The uncle's taking care of, like, uh, one of the young ones. And they're, like, teaching him this is what it is to be, like, a man. And it's mm. so cute. Like, it's really also deep at the same time because he teaches them, too. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. I love it.
0: Oh. Can't wait. Oh, we did not get to the musical episode from Strange New Worlds. So, Laura... You know, every series eventually, apparently, Brown does. And no, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, they push into different ways of being, and, and so they'll it. do. So they'll do a, a musical show. Right? I, I I found this blog that talked about the best musical one-off episodes, uh, but uh, Strange New Worlds just did one. They they kind of moved into this. I don't know what the words are. That's thing. And that made them all start singing. Uh, what did you think? Pella? Did you love it? Hate it?
2: I, um, I love New World for that. It's bringing a lot of the old Star Trek feel back. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't take itself too seriously. And this was an example of that. I mean, like a musical in Star Trek, right? <laughs> um, yeah. I, yeah, I, I liked it for what it was. Um, I think it was adorable and I'm just like, I'm loving, um, New World. Yeah. Oh
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Too. I, I was, I was watching, going, oh my. It, well, then I, we're all looking up, like who are the real singers and who are the like who was on Broadway, and who was not and, and
2: yeah. yeah,
0: and you could definitely. We were trying to guess who were the actual people that could sing and who they gave major songs to and all that. I loved it, but I'm, you know, I'm, I pretty much love anything musical mm-hmm. or things that people do that I can't do. And so Mm -hmm. any musical Broadway, I will go to a community musical theater that is technically not good, but I will go and just gush love towards that stage Mm because it's something that I- It's so great. It is. Like that is the last thing I'm going to do is to get up and sing in front of people. I will do Um, a lot of other- use a lot of words in other ways, but that, that singing. All right. So, uh, anything else, uh, reading, watching, uh, listening to that we want to talk about?
2: Um, I'm rereading, um, a Regid strategy by oh. Adrian e. Brown. Um, I'm really trying to figure out ways to continue to weave in a lot of, um, a lot of that work, uh, into ours and just like, you know, nerding over, um, uh, obviously, Star Trek, Star Wars, The Walking Dead. Um, I mean, since we're still in, you know, like, it's, it's interesting, as a prepper. (laughs) um, It's, it's interesting to kind of like, think through like, Mm -hmm. these scenarios, right? Because like, we we're still in a mass disabling event. Um, How do we build uh, communities in in the face of uh, that? So yeah, that's um, kind of where I go. But also, I like to just turn off and um, yeah. just watch clips on TikTok of um, <laughs> the Real Housewives, you know, or Trixie and Katja. So, yeah. <laughs> we
0: all we all gotta have our space. I mean, that right? I mean, we at some point, right? There's always this kind of space. I kind of feel like you need your own podcast to just talk about all these genres of things that are going on <laughs> in the in the world. I mean, you know, branching out. Culture podcasts will be so yeah, good. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Um, I we went to a record store with some of our friends who were visiting from out of town because, as Bruce um, recognized, there were so many people in Nashville this past week that we knew, um, and we picked up Allison Russell's new album. And because I actually, I, maybe it's because I was raised in the cassette CD era and before that, my parents' vinyl, it really helps me to read liner notes. Oh yeah. And so I just listened to it in the background first go through. And then the second one, I pulled out the cover and the liner notes and read through them while she sang. It is devastatingly beautiful. Hmm. And so I'm obsessed with that. But I also I like to treat myself to other things. Like I do have the Dixie Chicks latest. And I got uh, Shakira's what I think oh. is one of her best albums in Spanish, also. So yes. just being a geek that way
0: a vinyl geek. I just returned. Yeah. I used to, I used to DJ in high school. I don't know if you know this about me, Laura, uh, in the, I was in high school in the, in the mid eighties. Uh, and my, my kids do not believe that I used to DJ except when all these songs come on the radio now, I'm like, you know, that's yeah. not the original.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh God.
0: I'm like, what? I'm like, Oh my God, what has happened? Yeah. So, uh, uh, we are, we all have vinyl now too, but I remember now I'm buying vinyl that I used to have and I got rid of it, you know, when vinyl was dead. And then now I'm, uh, are you a vinyl person? Or have you, uh, Kyle, have you resisted the the, the trappings of that?
2: I, I'm i not as, I'm not cool enough to be a vinyl person. I want to, I aspire to be. No, maybe you're I just don't. beyond. I was going to say, I think. So cool, you've you passed. Might, yeah,
0: I, I'm pretty sure that's what I was going to. <laughs> no,
2: no, oh, I mean like the. The, yeah vinyl is just it's classic and it's always going to be uh, it's just always been aesthetically be yeah. beautiful and yeah. i think that the the sound is just crisper or it's a different kind of crisp
0: it so, is the sound. and then and then you get to the ones that you buy and it gets to a part of the record and it starts skipping and we're like oh that's right that's why
2: yeah,
0: oh, we've yeah. it was used vinyl. for
1: a buck fifty that's that's right <laughs> yeah
0: it's like ah that's this is why we don't use those anymore Anyway, uh, this has been great. Uh, how can folks find you Kala? What's the, what's the best way for people to get connected to you, organizations, all of that. And I'll put this all in the notes yeah. too, but tell, tell folks.
2: Sure. Um, on social, uh, on Instagram, I'm at Kala Mendoza, that's K-A-L-A-M-E-M-D-O-Z-A. Uh, I mostly post, um, you know, um, protests, community safety, uh, stuff. I'm sure out what's happening on the ground in different, um, locations, Uh, and ways for folks to kind of like connect to um, building up mutual protection uh, in the U.S. Or you can check out our organization's website at nonviolentpeaceforce.org. Once again, that's nonviolentpeaceforce.org.
0: And uh, as I like to tell people, you check them out and you also give some money if you have it. Like if you have resources, support all these organizations, if you can, uh, again, doing lots of work that many of us wish we could be doing uh and working towards strive to whatever but for those who are actually doing it make sure you throw throw some money their way also uh lauren you got anything exciting going on that you want to tell us about uh you know because you get paid so much to be on the show um do you want is there anything you want to um uh shill out there going on at the school anything
1: um <clears throat> i will say that well we have a new dean she's very very cool um And I will just say that I'm always so impressed with our students and our graduates. And I just had coffee with one of our graduates this morning, and that was delightful. And just a reminder to all of us that people who are, we're Gen X, so right, um, that people put a lot into us and invest a lot into our leadership. And I'm always reminded of that so that I'm trying to always put into the next generations that are coming after us because- I think a mistake that some other people have made in the past is to think that we were the ones. And the point is really not that we're not the ones What? it's everyone is the one, sorry, Bruce, everyone is the one. And so keep always like lifting up um, other folks and making time for them uh, for these one-on-one conversations to just encourage people to become who they are supposed to be. And also I'd like to apologize for using the old name of the chicks. My bad.
0: I didn't call you out.
1: Well, call me in then, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love some of the recent stuff too. I know it's uh, so good. It is so, so good. Uh, all right. We could probably, there are so many things we could get to use. I mean, that whole elder leadership transition, oh my gosh, that could mm-hmm. be a whole nother hour, but we're not going to do that. We may have to do that again. All right. Thank you all for being on. Again, uh, BRC and friends, you can find us on all the places you listen to podcasts, rate us review all those kinds of things. Uh, Make sure you continue to listen this month, doing a lot on Filipino American History Month, but also a lot of great folks coming on just in general. So uh, again, BRC and Friends, and thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. BRC and Friends was hosted and produced by Bruce reyes Chow, Co-hosts were Jorge Bautista, Mickey Scott Bay-Jones, Amy Kim Carambas-Parks, and Laura Monaco-Heifetz. And the theme music was composed and recorded by Marissa magdal LaRam. Feel free to connect with any of us via the show notes. And lastly, please don't make me beg. Take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe to BRC and Friends wherever you listen to podcasts. Until the next
1: episode, thanks for listening to BRC and Friends.